The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer of the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 16 plus years of experience with you. Whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, everybody. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Happy spring. As you can tell, I have my sexy, sultry radio voice already, thanks to my spring allergies. <laughs> Um, so that's why I sound this way. It's funny, actually, today I was getting my lunch at Sweetgreen in Manhattan, and uh, my server was saying I should do radio, and I said, well, little do you know. <laughs> anyway, so aside from my voice, I'm very excited about this weekend. Um, I don't have any beach plans yet. My husband and I have been talking about possibly going to a beach, but... On Saturday, we are going to see American Ballet Theater. They're in their spring season right now. I think they're in week two or three. Um, and they are performing Wayne McGregor's After Right, which is uh, to Stravinsky's Rite of Spring Music. And they are also doing uh, Ratmansky's Firebird, which is also Stravinsky music. Um, I'm really excited to see After Right because uh, Rite of Spring is one of my favorite pieces of music and McGregor is a very interesting choreographer to me. Um, and my husband is very excited to see Ratmansky's Firebird because he specifically said that he needed to see Misty Copeland perform. Um, for me, that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I mean, she takes class with us sometimes, uh, at steps on Broadway and I've, uh, I've been mildly acquainted with her since we were younger before she was famous. So, but it's funny. His last name is Copeland. Well, no, sorry. His mom's maiden name is Copeland. So he always jokes around that he must be related. But I mean, you never know. They're both from the same area of LA. <clears throat> anyway, 
So let's not get too off track. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second um, because, well, it relates. But before I get too ahead of myself, I just want to remind you guys I'm officially permanent faculty at Broadway Dance Center. So my Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday ballet classes are all permanent now. Um, They're every level of ballet, and you can go on to Broadway Dance Center's website. If you go to the faculty page and click on my my bio, you can see the classes that I teach. Uh, It's broadwaydancecenter.com. Also, in June, I will be running a basic ballet class uh, from 7.30 till 9 p.m. on Thursdays. And then from June 23rd through the beginning of September, I will be running uh, an intermediate ballet intermediate advanced ballet class from 10.30 to 12 on Saturdays, and then a contemporary, intermediate contemporary class on Saturdays from 12 to 1.30, immediately following that ballet class. So if you're looking to get your ballet structure and then to learn some of my contemporary stylings, please do join me. Um, I'm also going to be looking for an assistant for my contemporary classes. So um, I already have one, but I'm looking to to bring a second one into my classes. So if you are in the city and you are at least intermediate contemporary level dancer or higher, um, send me a message and maybe maybe I will take you into consideration. Uh, beyond all of that, I will be heading to Los Angeles with my husband to vacate, to do, to have vacation, um, from the 10th to the 17th of June. And during some of that time, I, I can make some availability for master classes or private lessons. So if you're in that area and you would like to set that up, please feel free to find me, contact me at my website. It's a www.barrycorollis.com. It's B-A-R-R-Y-K-E-R-O-L-L-I-S.com. And you can go to my contact page. There's a form there that you can get in touch with me. So that's how you can do that. Alrighty, now let's get on to this week's topic. I feel like I need to keep on talking in my lower range. So uh, I had a podcast like way early on, like two years ago when I first started recording for for pod to chat talking dance and it was to help determine what kind of dance productions you may like to watch because it was inspired by i was sitting at a bar in anchorage while i was the interim artistic director of alaska dance theater and i ended up in a conversation with a woman sitting next to me and she said that she has never gone to a dance performance because she didn't really know what types of shows she should go to. And when I started asking her questions, she, she was telling me she was a, she was a native Alaskan. Um, I, I don't know if she was in Nupiak or if she was, I, I, I forget exactly. I forget exactly what, uh, tribe she was from, but she's, she told me that one thing that she really related to was drum beats because in Alaska native culture, the, the drum is considered the, the heartbeat of the community. So she always went to powwows and, and, uh, would hear the drum. So she was really, she really enjoyed music that had a good beat to it. So, um, when that, that inspired me, that conversation inspired me to do a podcast about determining how to go to the a performance that you may enjoy. So if you, if you haven't listened to that, if you're one of my newer listeners, go back and listen to that. It's got some really valuable information on there. Whether you figured out what types of shows you like to or not, um, I want to share a little bit about the art of attending a performance and getting maximum enjoyment out of it. Um, you can 
like I said, you can go back and listen to the other podcasts if you haven't figured that out. But um, if you're heading to a show, I think that here are some tips and ideas that should really help to make sure that you have the most enjoyable experience. So the first thing that I really suggest when you do decide to go see a performance is uh, when you purchase your tickets, make sure that you write the date in your calendar <laughs> and give yourself a notification. Um I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but there's nothing worse than realizing that your tickets were for last week. Um, I can tell you this based off of personal experience. Uh, my husband and I, we used to have season tickets to the Seattle Opera when I danced with Pacific Northwest Ballet. We shared the same opera house, so it was when they were in the theater, we weren't in the theater and vice versa. <clears throat> but so... Uh, my husband was so excited to see Don Quixote, uh, and we got all dressed and ready and prepared to go see the show. And he pulled the tickets out, and he realized that the tickets were for the week prior. Um, and granted, the the opera still was performing Don, Don Quixote. Um, they did not honor tickets that were not used. So we unfortunately missed out on that. And he was... Super, super disappointed. I'm not as big of an opera fan. I was okay with it, but he was super disappointed. But who wants, who, I mean, I get excited to go see a show. Who wants to, uh, who wants to have that happen where, I mean, it would be even worse if you showed up at the theater and that they tell you that they're, <laughs> it's the wrong day. But I mean, you spend all that money, you work hard to, to get that money to spend, to have that entertainment and to enjoy the night, whether it be alone as a couple, with a group of friends. So just really make sure that you write down that date in your calendar and give yourself a notification. Um, my, my husband and I use, uh, I forget exactly what the app is called, but we can link it to our, our Google calendar and it's spectacular. Um, we both have both of our calendars, um, linked together on our phones and we can even put notifications. So the second that you purchase that ticket, go on your phone, go in your paper calendar, no matter how old school or new school you are, Write down the date, put a notification, try to find a way to remind yourself so that you don't, you don't miss out on what you, what you are excited to see. Now, okay, after you purchase your tickets and you put that notification in your phone, make sure that you know how your tickets work. <laughs> There's a variety of ways that people, uh, are, are getting tickets these days. Um, and if you hear any banging, it's because my apartment, <laughs> they're fixing my, like our building. They have to do all this, these renovations. So for the, like three months, they're going to be banging on our walls and ceilings. So I apologize if you hear any noise. I don't have my own personal studio to record, but you know, goals one day. All right. So back to talking about tickets. So what, what are the different ways that you can, you can obtain your tickets? Uh, there, it depends on what you what you like. Usually, um, not every place has multiple options. Some only have one, but these days most have have multiple options. So you can have print at home tickets, where you actually have to print out the paper and bring the paper so that they can scan it. Um, they also now a lot of them have. Uh, they send you like a PDF via email on your phone. So when you get your receipt, make sure that you look at the receipt um, in the mail and see if there is. Uh, something attached to it. Uh, also, it might be good to find a way to like bring it up if there's bad, poor reception, because if you don't have reception, you're probably not going to be able to bring it up on your phone. Um, also, a lot of places still will hold tickets like paper tickets at will call, um, and some will still mail them to you. Uh, of course, I mean, I don't know. Some of them charge for stuff like that, different, different things, but um, generally you need to know 
how to get your tickets because you don't want to have a print at home ticket and show up with it on your phone and they don't there there is no barcode from the scan or they don't honor like phone tickets or you don't want to uh, think that they're a will call and they got mailed to you and you never checked your mail and found them um so you really want to make sure that you know how you're going to be able to get into the theater because just like I said before, if you miss the date, it's it's the same. If you show up and you realize that you feel that you're prepared and you hand them something that you think will get you to your seats, it doesn't always work that way and it's not a very good feeling. Um, I, I do think that most opera houses and most venues are, are going to do their best to try to get you in there, but it might become more complicated and it might make a very enjoyable evening, a very stressful evening instead. All right. So <clears throat> you have gotten the date down, you've prepared, you all showered and put your cologne or perfume on, you did your hair, you wore your nice outfit, you drove so that you could you could get there early and you hand your tickets in and you walk through those doors and you're ready to enjoy the show. Um, the first thing that I suggest to people, once you arrive, locate the bathroom. Um, I know that sounds really crazy. <laughs> it's not, I mean, if, if you're having like a, a day where you're not feeling well, like that's something you would do. But I, if just normally I typically walk in the theater, I look where the bathroom is. Um, and usually I try to find the one that's closest to, uh, the, the door that I'm going to be exiting. So wherever I'm seated, seated, I look around that area. Um, so the reason that I suggest, suggest this is because there's usually a mad rush for the bathroom during intermissions. So if you know where you're going, you can usually spend less time waiting in line and more time talking to friends, having a drink or enjoying your surroundings. Cause I mean, a lot of these theaters are, are just, beautifully constructed, whether it be inside the, the theater or out in the, the promenade area. Um, but yeah, especially for the ladies, the getting in line to use the bathroom, I mean, I mean, this is life, so we know this, but especially at the opera, uh, that can take your entire intermission. So if you're planning on using your intermission for something else, um, figure out where the bathroom is from the beginning so that you can be the first one mad dashing for that bathroom. All right, so now you know how to go where you need to go during the intermissions. Um, and the practical thing would be, okay, let me go into the theater, sit down. But before you sit down, if you are planning on getting a drink or if the theater has food um, during the intermissions, I strongly suggest that you go to the counter before the show starts. Put your drink order in for intermission. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but most theaters will actually allow you to purchase uh, your drinks for the intermission or intermissions um, before they happen. And that way, they will already have them completely ready and prepared, usually just like sitting on the side with a tag that has your name on it. Um, so they'll be prepared for the moment that you step out for the intermission. And like I was saying, for the bathroom, like you don't want to stand in line in the bathroom, or in line for the bathroom the entire time when you could be like looking at the the beautiful ceiling or like checking out the orchestra pit or like seeing what the view is like from the stage, like walking all the way down to the bottom of the orchestra seating and then turning around and looking out to the seats. Um, I would rather be doing that. So uh, same thing if you are somebody who enjoys uh, a cocktail or a glass of champagne or uh, some wine or beer. Go ahead, walk up, say, hey, do you put, do you, uh, do, 
early orders or pre-orders for for intermission. Um, And if they do, you just pay them there, give your name, and they'll have it right there, ready for you the second that you walk out so you can relax and uh, you can clink your glasses and cheers to whatever you're celebrating hopefully art and other things. <laughs> but yeah, that way you don't have to chug your champagne right as the intermission bells ring <laughs> to let you know that the show is about to start back up. I can't tell you how many times I've waited in line behind 20 people. I finally get to the counter. There's like five minutes left. I have like halfway through my glass of wine and the bells have been ringing to tell you that the intermission is almost over. And <laughs> there I am, classy as can be at the opera house, chugging wine. <laughs> you know, it's keeping it real people, so... If you want to relax and if you want to uh, indulge and enjoy your, your drink as opposed to just going back to college and doing shots of things, <laughs> then you should put your order in before you sit down. All right, so now that you are completely set up for your intermissions, <laughs> it's time for you to go into the theater. So you'll give them your tickets and they'll give you your programs and they'll hopefully help f- help you find your seat. Sometimes they'll just point you in the right direction. So now you've gotten into the theater. Um, I always suggest that you should try to get to a theater earlier than as the, the lights go dark. Um, but I always try to get in the theater with about 10 minutes to spare. Uh, not everybody likes to read the notes in a program, but I, I get there early so that I can read those notes. Um, like I was saying, not everybody likes to, to read the notes because they like to experience the work as it unfolds in front of them. But I find that a lot of times people that feel lost throughout the entire evening are a lot less likely to come back and a lot less likely to enjoy shows. So I always suggest that people read program notes and get an idea of the storyline. Or if there is no no straight out story, at least the program notes usually give you an idea of like the, the impetus for the work or the motivation for the work. Um, you'll, you'll probably enjoy it a lot more if you have an idea. Uh, and if you head into the theater early and read those notes, that will re- usually just resolve any confusion. And it can it really does allow for max your maximum enjoyment uh, versus watching the show completely puzzled as to what's happening or why it's happening. All right, so you have an idea of what you're watching. The the show starts. Make sure if the conductor comes out that you clap for the conductor. Make sure that you are uh, a good audience member. Don't go on your phone. Do not record. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people actually recording. Um, they always get caught. It's embarrassing. It's distracting. Um, try to bring cough drops in case you have a cold or if you have a voice as sexy as mine, um, <laughs> which I have had to pause this once or twice while I'm recording to cough. Um, it's not that bad, people. It's okay. But uh, yeah, bring cough drops. Uh, try to make sure that you are that's in the performance. But okay, so after you watch and then you go out for your intermissions and you have your, your glass of Prosecco with me, um, and then maybe you go back and you go to, to see the second act and you go and have another glass with me, <laughs> then you go in for the third intermission. Um, it's not third intermission, but the third act. Uh, once the the dancers or i mean this is a, i'm talking about dance cuz this is a dance podcast but this could be any type of theater once the show is done uh and you start clapping 
just know you don't have to stand up just because other people stand up to clap. But if you want to see people on stage as they bow, uh, you might have to stand up behind people that are, even if you don't feel like the, the show deserved a standing ovation. I find these days that people tend to do a standing ovation just because they think it's what you're supposed to do. But I still definitely reserve my standing ovations for when I feel like I watched a spectacular performance. Um, just because I sat and clapped doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy the performance. It usually means I really enjoyed it. But I really reserve my, my standing, my ovations for just out-of-this-world performances. Um, now, the one thing that I'm going to tell you to do, I'm not going to suggest it. I'm going to say that this is what you should do. And if you aren't, I will be giving you side eye while you do it. Do not run out of the theater as soon as the show is done and the curtain goes down. Okay. You just had all these people working their booties off to give you an entire evening. You can stay, you can, and give them, you can stay and clap. And then you can also just sit in a line of cars for 15 minutes. You'll be fine. Okay. Um, if you got to run to the restroom, I can give you that. Uh, but it still looks like you're running out. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, while people are still clapping, stay in the theater, unless it's like 20 minutes of clapping for a production, which doesn't really happen that often, unless it's a retirement performance. Don't leave because be, ha- having been the, that performer on stage, I can see you. Go, I can see you running through the aisle backwards while everybody else is clapping. I can see the, the doors in the back opening because you see the lights as the doors open going through into the lobby. So just be respectful. It's, it's honestly pretty rude. Um, so again, I'm going to tell you, don't leave during the, during the applause. Please, pretty please, maybe one more time. Pretty, pretty please, point made, okay? Um, also, something you should probably know, not after every single show, but after many shows, there there are Q&As, and you should not feel obligated whatsoever to stay for the Q&A. But if you, if you were kind of confused about what happened during the show, um, or if you want an educational experience uh, or ad- additional enjoyment in the evening, or often you'll even get to, to see a few of the artists and hear their, their experiences or uh, throughout the process of putting the, the work on stage or uh, ask them questions. So uh, if you if you want to stay for those Q&As, those meet and greet type situations, definitely do it. I think that people that do usually get a lot more enjoyment and a lot more, uh, they feel more connected to the, to the community and they understand a lot more of what's going on. So uh, always a big advocate for that. I don't always stay. It really depends on like, how long the show was, if I know the people. Honestly, if I know the people, I usually don't stay. <laughs> um, it's usually if I really want to get some new information, that's when I'll, I'll stay. All right, and then lastly, if after you, after you leave, if you really love a show, tell your friends and family, post about it online, and... If you really loved it, don't be afraid to go go back. Don't be afraid to get tickets to get another view. Maybe even sit in a different part of the theater because there there's just because you've seen a production once, especially like a major dance work, you often miss many of the details because it's it's not like a television where your focus is like right on the center of the screen. Like you can look wherever you want. Um, maybe if you go a little higher in the theater, you can see different formations. If you go a little lower and closer, you can see 
the faces and emotions better. Um, it, and it's live too. So every live performance has different, even if it's the same cast, it's going to be a different performance. Um, but yeah, so make sure that you, you share the shows that you enjoy with with your community um share your feedback with the company if you loved it let them know if it wasn't your cup of tea let them know so that they they can get an idea of what the the community wants to see um and i strongly urge you to continue to support uh by attending future productions if you enjoy a company um if you enjoy a production but they don't receive enough regular support from the community whether that be audience showing up or or financial support, they'll be forced to minimize shows or even shut down their productions. We can't share our art form without you. <laughs> it's the truth. And you are such an important aspect of art, even if you aren't the artist on stage. I think that that's one thing that a lot of people forget. It, it's it's a community that that is a part of art because, uh, yes, we can create art, but if nobody looks at the art, then they're, it's, it's really quite a... It becomes too. It's just about the artist and not about anything else. So um, we want, as an, I mean, speaking from the perspective of an artist, we want to share our art with the world, and we want you to be a part of that. So if you really, if you really love something, make sure that it can continue. Okay. So. I hope that you have found some really useful information on how to prepare to enjoy a performance in this podcast. Uh, I, While I've been in many, many, many productions, I also try to see as many productions as I can. And this is how I get ready. So if you have other things that you do to get ready or if I miss something, you are always welcome to reach out to me. Um, and also, I, it's been a while since I've had an audience uh, suggestion podcast. So if you have anything that you, uh, would like to hear me chat about on pot of chats, talking dance, uh, please do feel free to reach out to me. Okay. So this seems like a very good place to call it quits for this week. I hope that you all have a very safe Memorial day weekend. It, it's finally warm. The sun is finally out and I, I feel like this is going to be a, a good one. So Please do take care. And I hope that, like me, you go see some dance this weekend. All right? I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycarollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. Life of a Freelance Dancer is currently archived at lifeofafreelancedancer.blogspot.com. And that is a blog that I wrote about working as a freelance artist for over five years. I also have dancing 
Offstage, which can be found at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And on there, I offer information about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. I also have a YouTube channel that features my choreography, and you can find that by searching on YouTube for B. Corollis. Thanks for listening in to Pod to Chat. I hope you return in two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.